In January 2016, I discovered a mystery and decided to make a podcast about it. It's coming out in the autumn and it's called The Family Tree. I can't explain it. I've gone through every possible explanation and none of them are possible explanations. It's important to remember some sympathy, I think, at this point, because the mystery, the strangeness, with that mystery, with that strangeness, we, we might lose sight of the fact that there's human beings involved. Uh, it's very difficult to know where to start. So he had no arm. But the body had two. But the body had, had two. It can't have been the same body. What is your stake in this? What I know how to do is to talk to people that's the only way I can really think of, of, of approaching this mystery. I don't understand why everyone in the family is just being a bit strange about it. If ghosts do exist, I think they wouldn't look how they looked when they, when they died. They'd go back to how they looked in life, so, so Dad's ghost would have an arm. If everyone's running away in one direction, away from an injustice, he would run straight towards it. It doesn't feel right. The image you have of your parents at that age isn't yeah. necessarily the person that that person actually is. If you disappeared and then we found your body and it wasn't you... It says in this, in this Metro story, the family declined to comment on the mystery. I mean, who's the dad or you'd spent so much time with if your dad is a body that can't be the dad that you grew up with? It doesn't make any sense. All of those years, was he dead or alive, they didn't know. Now, they know that he was dead... But that's not answered the question. It's another question, right? You're asking a whole bunch of strangers really personal questions. And I know people have agreed, so that's, that's fine. But then recording it, I don't know what your motives are. It's sort of a little bit creepy. The Family Tree Podcast.co.uk. Hello. I'm Dave, and I'm the guy that puts all this stuff together. So a big strand of Getting Better Acquainted that hasn't really been happening very much recently is Getting Better Acquainted specials, where I get better acquainted with places and times in my life. I haven't been doing those episodes because it takes a lot of time to edit one. And when I first started doing the show, I had more time. But now, that's not the case. In 2012, I recorded a lot of material for a Lancaster special, and I've also got lots of material that I recorded from a Cardiff episode, which I'm not sure when I recorded that. But both of these episodes remain undone. This week's special is almost the Lancaster special, but not quite. At some point in the future, I'll have to do a proper one, either with the original material, which is going to take a long time to go through, especially because a lot of it isn't very good content, in my opinion, or I'll arrange another trip back and do it properly this time. So this episode is really a getting better acquainted with my partner Jen and with me and with a little moment in our relationship. It's much shorter than a usual episode, and in a way, it's an episode about failing to make an episode. So you're going to hear the time when me and Jen discovered that we aren't very good at making documentaries together, or at least getting better acquainted style documentaries. But recently, we have worked out a way to make podcasts together that plays into both of our strengths, and working on that so far has been a real joy and You'll be hearing me say these words in the August, and during that August, we're hard at work editing all the material ready for the autumn launch of the show. That show is called The Family Tree, and you've already heard a teaser for it, and I'll be closing out today's episode with another one. 
Enjoy today's Getting Better Acquainted special, and I really hope to bring back this strand of the show more robustly in the future. I need to get better. Please make me better. I want to get better. Better. Better acquainted with you. Welcome to a GBA special with me, Dave, and Jen. <laughs> we'll get the hang of this co-hosting. Oh, I'm co-hosting? Yeah, I think so. I thought I was just in it. I'm not co-hosting. I definitely didn't agree to that. Well, you, well, you are co-hosting because you're coming on the journey I'm with me. I'm coming on the journey. I'm not co-hosting. Okay, this is most definitely not my co-host, <laughs> Jen. And the train's just started, and we're on a Virgin train to Lancaster from London Euston. How do you feel about going back to Lancaster? Quite excited. A bit nervous that it might have changed. Yeah, it's a funny one, isn't it? So we met um, in Lancaster, didn't we? We did. In our first week of uh, university. Yeah, we did. Okay, so we've had a, a quick powwow, a quick, uh, what do you call it, meeting, I guess. A quick production meeting about um, trying to make the sound a bit better because of the loudness of the train and also the quietness that Jen's been speaking in. Well, have you been speaking quietly, Jen? Because I didn't want to disturb the other people on the train. Last time I was on a train, which was last week, there were some people having a really loud conversation, which I didn't hold against them, but it was really distracting and I couldn't concentrate on my book and I don't want to do that to other people. Fair enough. Very much like Jesus, don't you think? That's the listener can think that, not you. Well, you can. Why are you frowning at me? What do you mean? <laughs> well, Jesus is like, do unto others as you would have done to yourself. Okay. And that's what you're saying. I thought you said cheese and I thought you said Liz, so... Very much like cheese and Liz. Mm. There we go. <laughs> well, that's the problem, we're talking quietly, Jen. <laughs> um, right, so we're going to Lancaster. Yeah. And we were getting to the idea of, you know, what we're looking forward to seeing and what we think... Do you think things will have changed? Yes, and well, I know they have, because I know that other people have been back. The fountain's gone, we the saw on Facebook on last week. That was a spoiler. And I, I also know that the university's expanded massively. The universe? University. Ah. And I know all that's changed. And I, we also know that there's a holiday inn in the middle of town, because we're staying in it. That might have been there before. No, it wasn't. Sure. It's definitely not there before. We haven't been there for 11 years. No, hang on. We've been together for over 11 years. We haven't been there for how many years? We left in 2005, I think. So we haven't been there for five, six, seven years. Mm. Yeah, because we lived there after we went to university. That's that's what we should fill them in on that. So we went to university and we stayed there for two and a half years, maybe. Yeah, but I think it was late 2005 we moved to London. Yeah, and we stayed there. We worked there. We worked in the local area. You worked in Morecambe and. Blackboard. Blackpool and I worked in Preston and Mayland mm. so we got used to commuting it's surreal in London you commute from one part of London to another in the time it takes for you to get from one part of Lancashire to another I used to drive then so it was very different to the London experience for me yeah totally and now we're going back mm. why are we going back we're going back for a wedding which is happening in Clitheroe this is flawed logic so we made a big mistake didn't we we, Quite characteristic. Yeah. We thought we were being clever. Yeah. We went, oh, Clitheroe's in Lancashire. Clitheroe's probably close to Lancaster. 
and then we bought our accommodation yeah in the holiday inn which is previously mentioned hopefully they'll sponsor the show thinking you know we can get the whole weekend out of this and go to Lancaster as well because we're probably not going to go back any other time for any other reason yeah and uh, it's not that close to Lancaster it's not that close to Lancaster at all so we're spending quite a lot of time on the Saturday commuting to Clitheroe it's not even in Clitheroe it's in a village outside Clitheroe and it's a bit awkward because we're going to have to leave a bit earlier than is a good idea yeah we might have to leave in the speeches which uh, is something that two people who are socially uh, awkward uh, who don't know any of the people at the wedding really apart from the groom and I know the groom's parents uh the groom is Steve, who is in the who is in the Coventry special and in the Coven, and he had a GBA all of his own. Uh, my childhood friend, so I don't know anyone. And Jen really doesn't know anyone. You've no. never even met Steve. No, not yet. So uh, that's how do you feel about that, Jen? As somebody who hates going to parties or meeting new people. Uh, I'm quite um, apprehensive about it. Let's <laughs> say. <laughs> Yeah, well, I think it's really nice that they've invited me, but I am apprehensive. Very nicely put, Jen, mm-hmm. nicely put. Um, so yeah, we bought the hotel though before we worked out the logistics, so we were tied in. So yeah. we have to go to Lancaster. Yeah. Even though it would have been cheaper, more sensible. Not too. Not too. It's the sound of the Priory Bell. I think the Priory is the closest I've ever come to having religious experiences. Yeah, you said that all the time. Just a sense of peace. And the universe around me, bigger than me, and that didn't matter. I like that too, but I don't get it in the Priory. I think I get a bit in Coventry Cathedral too. When I was a kid growing up, I felt it there. Kind of bell ringer doing a kind of abstract piece, (laughs) really. It doesn't sound like the normal bell ringing. Quite dramatic, though. It kind of punctuated things very nicely, actually, from a sound point of view. The sound of the train that will take us home, possibly. The track, anyway, that will take us home. So, on the way home, much later... In fact, in London, me and Jen were talking on the way back from the station and we were talking about how it's a very different process doing a GBA road trip and uh, recording a special to sitting down and being on mic for an hour and the difference between the two processes and how we felt doing it together. And Jen said, 
having done one, she definitely wouldn't want to do another. To which I replied, having had her do one, I definitely wouldn't want to do another with her. Which isn't as harsh as it sounds on both our parts. We will still do GBAs with each other in the future, but we're not going to revisit places and try and record that. That'll be something that I'll do solo or with other people. But it was an interesting experiment, as much of this show is. But we're very different kinds of people. And being on mic is not for everyone. And it was very nice of Jen to come along for the ride and try out this new experience that she hadn't done before of recording a kind of documentary account or kind of diary account on mic. But Jen's the kind of person who needs to have some quiet contemplation to think, to consider, to let her ideas build themselves up. And then when they're fully ripened, she expresses them and they're very precise. And I'm the kind of person who just throws out words, hoping that some of them will stick to the wall. And so because of this, I find it relatively easy to have a mic around and to be thinking about the show all the time. Whereas that's not what Jen's about. She didn't realise she was agreeing to be a co-host, even though we had discussed it. So we've spent the day walking around Lancaster. We have. We've fitted in more than I thought we were going to, actually. But less than we intended to. Yeah. Kind of how life goes, I find. Yeah. You always fit in more more than you think, more than you fear, less than you hope. Yeah. That's kind of life right there. Yeah. We've decided some things about Lancaster, haven't we? We've decided that we want to come back again. For a bit longer, without carrying bags around all day. No bags. Have longer to spend in each place. Yeah. Maybe come for a week or something. Yeah. And we're thinking, go up to the Lake District as well. And... Radically, we're not going to record it. Yeah, I think. And we're not going to take the internet with us either. We're going to get cut off completely from work. Because this weekend, I've been worrying about recording it. And Jen's been getting emails about, well, um, microfiction competitions that you're uh, shortlisted for. But uh, we didn't leave work behind. We took work with us. Yeah. It's the danger of a smartphone. And a microphone. Yeah. <laughs> and has the microphone been too much of a pain? No, no. Our third third wheel in our date? Not really. A bit. You gonna elaborate on that? No. <laughs> Wow. It's just a bit too immediate, isn't it, sometimes? Sometimes you want to reflect, not just... Maybe your microphone's an extroverted type thing. Yeah. I think so. You want to think... Consider. tiring. Contemplate. Yeah. Yeah, the kind of pressure to... Describe the situation rather than live the situation. Yeah. It's very much that whole kind of danger 
of over-analytical people that you don't live it. Yeah. You just describe it or you just analyse it, put it apart. Yeah. You don't feel it. I mean, we kept, like, my express aim was to do this. Yeah. So I kind of knew it would be this way. I think there's benefits to this way as well. I think you learn things. Maybe you learn a bit more when you do it on your own because you don't... You have to have an inner contemplation thing. You have to go on an inner journey. Because with you, when you're with someone else, it's an outer journey, isn't it? You're kind of reflecting, you're talking it through. Yeah. So it's been a very different experience for me, this uh, GBA road trip with a, a guest on board. And it's not your natural environment being uh, on mic. No, it's not. Thank you very much for agreeing to do this, Jen. It's been uh, very appreciated. Not sure why you decided to do it, like come away to a wedding where you didn't know anybody and uh, be on a recording when you're naturally a more uh, retiring person. Seemed like the right thing to do. Well, I'm very glad that it did. Thanks. I was going to close up the conversation on the uh, on the train. Well, it'd be quite nice not to. Though. But I feel like I won't. You know, I feel like it's. Let's leave the uh, GBA special in Lancaster where it belongs. Now it's time to say goodbye. So, would you like to say goodbye to the audience? Goodbye. Bye. So this episode was recorded back in 2012 when I was a different person and so was Jen and I'm finally putting it out because it's been holding me back on putting out another conversation which I recorded when I was in Lancaster which will be coming out next week and I'm really pleased to finally be releasing that one. find out about my masculinity show that's the most recent stand-up tragedy podcast you can listen to the whole show in its entirety and you can also find out more about it at www.mansplainingmasculinity.co.uk you can find getting better acquainted on facebook and on twitter it's at gba podcast thanks very much for listening and remember there are lots of ways to get better acquainted January 2016, I discovered a mystery and decided to make a podcast about it. It's coming out in September and it's called The Family Tree. The body that's been found now must be a, a previous version of him, for, uh, like a younger version of him from, uh, from earlier, from before the car crash. The guy had lost an arm. 
but apparently he had two arms when I buried him. Whether the body that we buried right now was him or not, he is dead. Maybe there's a sort of a younger version of him from an older time stream that's then somehow been sort of extracted to now and something's gone wrong and now that, that one's died and we, what we've got is two time streams crossing over. That's a, that's a possible one. What is the big question? Like, did the arm grow back or is that a red herring? Were there two bodies? Was there was there two marks? There's loads of reasons why there might not be a body, like you might fall in the tank. If there's lies within your family, wouldn't it be worth finding out what those things are? You might have been like killed and buried by someone. I don't 100% know that you're telling the truth. You can't really 100% know anybody is telling the truth. You seem to be. How can you get an arm back? I know you don't mean it like this, but the question's almost offensive. He's got two dads, essentially. And yet, the facts don't match. You know, he was talking about body replacement. He was talking about all sorts of weird stuff coming down. If you were asking me for answers, I don't have answers at this point. Mm. I have... I have Ideas. I think it's really easy to romanticise when someone's not around anymore and I don't want to do that. He wouldn't have disappeared if he hadn't died. There are things that are in some ways beyond our understanding, I think, and are nevertheless true. There is a path that one can find through the information which, which allows one to make sense. If you want to find out more about The Family Tree, go to thefamilytreepodcast.co.uk I wish I had an explanation that made sense. Sure. It would help me, it would help my children. Yeah.